Welcome to Grown Up. I'm Avery Moorclaus. Today on Grown Up, the woman who taught me how to be a patient parent and that it's sometimes really hard to encapsulate the entirety of what someone does for a living in the title of a podcast episode. Sorry, Cheryl. So pop into a tree pose and get ready for some joyful, playful mindfulness. Here's the secret. It's not just for kids. I remember growing up, all I wanted was to be a grown up. Now I'm grown up. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I was sore. And by sore, I mean there were parts of my body that hurt that I didn't even know existed before there was human life inside me. And I went looking for relief. Little did I know that relief would actually come as a pro-parenting lesson disguised as prenatal yoga. After complaining that I couldn't find anywhere to take prenatal yoga, a client of mine suggested I contact my guest today, Cheryl Puckering and her business, Bavatri. She told me it would, quote, change my life. Sure. So I bought in. Life-changing yoga for pregnant women? Now we're talking. And I'm not going to lie, when you're six months pregnant and a woman invites you into her basement for tea and a lie down, it very quickly becomes your favorite place on the planet. But when my kid was actually born, that's when Cheryl who we now call Miss Cheryl, really amped it up. As a new mom struggling with this brave new world of parenting and development and milestones and when are they supposed to grab this and should their eyes be doing that, the only time I really felt like maybe I knew what I was doing was once a week when I'd bring my daughter Audie to Cheryl's house. So how does a baby who can't even sit up do yoga? My husband would ask quizzically. My answer would always be the same. I do the yoga, she does the development. On Monday mornings, the moms, and sometimes a dad, would stretch, yes, but we'd also sing to our babies, move their little limbs, show them sign language, connect with them, connect with other moms, breathe. And it's been really beautiful to watch all those kids grow up in Miss Cheryl's basement studio. Honestly, I want to tell you that calling Miss Cheryl a, quote, kids yoga teacher really doesn't cut it. She's a child development specialist, a kids wellness coach, a trainer of tiny chefs and tween gardeners, a teacher, a cheerleader, a parenting coach, and an accidental therapist. She's whatever a kid or their parent needs when they need it. So here she is. My name is Cheryl Puckering, and I am a teacher by profession and currently an entrepreneur and a business owner in a children's wellness business, teaching children's yoga and mindfulness and lots of different aspects of wellness for kids. When you were a kid, what would you have said you wanted to be when you grew up? I would have said I wanted to be a pediatrician. I knew from a very young age I wanted to work with kids and so that that would always be part of what I would do and with a passion for helping people I thought that's it perfect pediatrician until I got to high school and couldn't really do math or chemistry or biology. (laughs) 
So it's called Bhava Tree. Bhava is a Sanskrit word which means love. So it's B-H-A-V-A tree. So I uh, have a studio in my home. In that studio, I offer prenatal yoga classes serving um, moms-to-be or new moms right up to kids that are in their adolescent years. All of my programs are a little more than just yoga. For sure, we incorporate mindfulness, but I also love the wellness piece for children, uh, which might include cooking, preparing snacks, talking about where our food comes from, appreciation of nature, being outside, uh, and all those aspects of just providing children from a very young age with the tools they need to help to navigate this crazy, chaotic, stressful, busy world that they're growing up in. I just want to um, share with children the importance of just living their lives to the fullest and the most joyful, natural state that I think our children should grow up. And now, a 30-second history of the job. Take a breath, in through your nose, out through your mouth, and pretend that I didn't just lie to you. Yoga is a discipline believed to have originated in India as a spiritual and physical practice that utilized breathing, exercise, and meditation. The actual word yoga is Sanskrit for union. First known references of the practice date back to about 900 to 500 BC. Over thousands of years, and yes, I'm making an astronomical skip here, yoga has transformed from a practice used largely by ascetic practitioners who separated themselves from pleasure, society, and daily life, to the yoga we know today to help improve the health and well-being for people of all ages. That's thanks largely to yoga teachers from India and its surrounding areas who moved from the East to teach yoga in the U.S. and Europe in the mid-1900s. By the 1970s, when yoga started to be considered more mainstream, babies and kids were brought into the mix, both with yoga teachers leading their own kids to the practice and studios opening up their classes to young people using methods that are quite different from those taught to adults. Much of modern-day kids' yoga includes songs, stories, and games, along with poses, meditation, and breathing exercises. So, for notes on the benefit of yoga for infants and children, plus wellness, healthy eating, mindfulness, and more, please enjoy this conversation with former kindergarten teacher and current kid whisperer, Cheryl Puckering. Cheryl, I really appreciate you doing this because I think from the minute I met you, I was like, I must interview this person. You just have such a beautiful brain and such a wonderful um, message for kids. And I think it's so totally worth sharing. So thank you for agreeing to. Thank you, Avery, for having me. You're welcome. Um, I often make the mistake of if if I refer to you, I say a kid's yoga teacher. I know that it's not enough. Like I wish there was a... Not that I want to put a title on you, but I wish there was a way I could well, I could is, encapsulate it. I was trying to think, what would the title be? Wellness coach? Not really. I, I just want to um, share with children the importance of just living their lives to the fullest and the most joyful, natural state that I think our children should grow up. You know, and, and that's not what I'm seeing in school. So having spent a number of years as a teacher and then taking a bit of a break to raise my own children and then being back in classrooms, either consulting or working with various programs in the city, I was seeing, I wasn't seeing this joyfulness and this, you know, just sheer love of just being a child. 
And so that then started formulating in my brain, you know, how could I help bring these tools to children in schools? And so my programs are here in my studio, but I'm also contracted out by schools to spend days and time in in school during the day. And I also do family yoga and wellness series uh, in schools in the evening. See, if I could, if I could put something on a business card for you, I think I'd put child development cheerleader. Oh, I like that. Okay, I like that a lot. I'm gonna have to take a note of that. Because I feel like that's what happens with just child development cheerleading. Yeah, it is, right? And and it's a play it's a safe place, I hope, for community to be built for moms and for children. Uh, you know, it's such an important piece at every developmental stage for our children. So when my you know, tween and teen girls come here, we do we do yoga and we make smoothies, but we do lots of talking. We just you know, it's just a safe place where they can build each other up and I can be there just to hold space for them and so yeah, it it's, it's a job that's really morphed and it just continues to morph, which I think is what's important uh, for all of us when we're trying to find what our careers are going to be. So generally when kids are coming to you, they're coming for yoga and kids camps. Mm-hmm. And so I think I want to start right from the beginning by saying, tell me like the heart behind it. Like what's what's your goal with these kids when they come to you? What, what are you hoping they're leaving with? What I hope... Um, and, and probably the main reason I do this job and why I love it so much is that I just want kids to know they're important. So, I mean, even back when I was a teacher, I had a superintendent doing a review, asked me, what's the most important part of your job? And so we're teaching even from kindergarten right up to grade eight. It's important that we're, de- we're, we're helping our students to develop, you know, the academic su- uh, success and the skills that they need to be successful. But for me, it was more that when that child walks out of that door at the end of the day, I want to make sure they've been heard. I want to make sure they know they're important to me and to the people around them that love them and um, and that they're honored. So I want all children that come through this door to feel while they're here and then to take it with them that their heart is full because they're important. Where did that come from? I mean, is that just from teaching? Is that from raising your own kids? Is that from an experience you had as a kid? Like, where does the passion for that come from, for helping kids develop and have a safe space? I I don't know. Right from a very young age, knew I wanted to work with children. So that was just always, I mean, in high school, volunteering and and just always knew I wanted to be with kids. That's a joy that, that that's because that's what feeds me. <laughs> that's feeds my soul is, is spending time. So yes, of course, probably my upbringing. I'm one of those very fortunate people that was raised by two amazing parents that are still alive and well and close. My children were raised with two sets of parents, I always say, because their grandparents were close by around the corner. So I think it's just part of everything about me is this love of being with and helping to serve kids well it's so beautiful to say like I mean full for listeners I've been coming here since audio like Mm -hmm. my child was in my stomach (laughs) or my belly um because I was looking for prenatal yoga and I didn't I couldn't find really many options and then I had a a client mention to me like oh no you have to go to Bava Tree it'll change your life and I was like okay prenatal yoga is not going to change my life and it changed my life Mm -hmm. it did because Audie's been coming to your house since she was six weeks old amazing and, and she's part of my heart, like like so many of the children that come here. But, I mean, Audie's just Audie. She's <laughs> so wonderfully special. And, and 
Yeah, the children do, I think, even become part of our family in a little way because my children have grown up having children here. So before Bava Tree was Bava Tree, I still had summer camps. So they, I had summer camps here for 20 years because I just wanted something kind of academic for my girls in the summer. So it just kind of started, let's just invite three or four of your friends each and we'll come and we'll make scrapbooks and we'll have fun and we'll, you know, just do that kind of stuff together where they didn't really know it was academic. And, and then it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And then when I was not as busy with my other business, uh, parents said, can you keep growing? And so we did. And that's, and so now at this stage, you know, at this age and this stage of my life, I'm truly, truly doing my hard work for sure. That's so good. I'm mm -hmm. so proud of you. I'm so lucky. Thank you. You are lucky. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Surrounded by beautiful kids all the time. Pretty incredible. I bet. Okay, so tell me about your childhood. You said that you always wanted, to, knew you wanted to work yeah. with kids. So what what age are we talking where you're like, yeah, that's that's going to be my work? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, as soon as you are at that age where people will say, what do you want to be when you grow up? So it was a pediatrician, always. And then um, and then all through high school, did volunteer work. I worked in a home for children with special needs, just on a volunteer basis. Yeah, then off I went to university, knowing that, that you know, medicine was not going to be in my future. Um, and I loved to learn, so I really didn't want university to just be a really stressful, I can do this, I can get through this, calculus and algebra and all of that. I wanted it to be where I was really learning what I was passionate about. So found a um, program at University of Guelph, um, and my major was the exceptional child in the family, and loved that and was going to be a child psychologist at that point, and then soon realized that child psychologists are incredibly important, but they see a child for an hour to do an assessment and write up a program for other people to deliver, and I wanted to be the one that was with, with kids. So then that changed education and went to teacher's college and... and uh, and then I had my own kids, and those were the most important kids for me to be with for oh, that that period of time. So, so were you always a kindergarten teacher, or did you? No, no, I taught special education. I taught uh, K to four, but I spent the majority of my teaching career um, in kindergarten, with a, quite a number of years in grade one. Tell me how sort of the roots of Bava Tree come to you. Like, how do you? How did you build and decide that this was the thing you wanted to do um, to do next? So I, I guess. Because I was really feeling that, um, not an not ending of my mothering of young children, but yes, I mean, my girls were growing and they were off to university and doing, doing, living their lives. And um, I think I always knew that I wanted to come back to my roots in education or to being with kids. That's really what feeds my passion. It It just made sense to me to you know, take all that energy that when I was, you know, wanting to raise my children, all my childhood energy went into raising my girls, our girls. And then, and then now I, now I felt I had more time and the space in my heart to welcome other uh, children here. And because we had a business in our home, you know, my family was used to that. My husband's incredibly supportive and loves that there's people in and out of our house all the time and kids cooking in our kitchen and kids working in the garden and playing outside. Um, it's just a, it's, it's kind of a really interesting business model that wouldn't work for everyone, but it definitely works for us. So Bava Tree just built out of that. I had that time and that space and, and still quite frankly, a need for, for a business and for income. Uh, and, and an incredibly supportive husband that would allow me to take some risks and to do this. So off I went to, uh, 
uh, become certified in children's yoga, certified in children's mindfulness, um, work with the courses that I took in university on nutrition and, and how to feed families, and, and then just took all of everything that I love, which is children and fitness and health and wellness and mindfulness and yoga, and put it all together. Now, I understand it because I come here, mm-hmm. and I've been coming here for, I don't know, two and a half years. Yeah. What kind of questions do you get from people? Like, if you told some, if someone said, oh, what do you do? And, you know, you kind of told them, what, what are the, the questions that you get from most people about what you do? Well, you know, people that don't understand children's yoga will say, wow, that sounds really interesting. And I'd love to send my kids there when they calm down. <laughs> You know, when when they're a little bit more calm, that sounds like that would be great. And uh, or they'll say, "Really? Like you you cook like you cook with you cook with children?" And and they'll say, "Like I I don't understand how you could get you know young children to sit still like for a yoga class." So part of what I have to do is to explain that we don't sit still in a children's yoga class. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> and that you know when we provide our children with expectations, guess what? They rise to that those expectations so when we teach a child how to use a knife or you know to try new foods and and involve them in growing the food and and preparing the food they try it because that's what we do here and they make discoveries and they they learn and um so I really just share with people that what I want is just for children to feel empowered to make good decisions for their health from a very young age so that we just don't have this common conception that we grow up, we grow old, we go to the doctor, if we're sick, we get medicine, and we die. So that we have a lot more control over all of those stages in our life. And we need to empower kids from very young age, so that they, they know that they have those choices. Is that something that you always knew, like for yourself Mm -hmm. about healthy living and mindfulness? Or was that a journey of your own to get there? probably a journey of my own and um, and being with a partner who's incredibly athletic and, and wanting to raise our children to be athletic and following my, my husband's uh, role model of getting the most out of life. Uh, and in order to do that, we have to be healthy. That's really nice. I, I, I just, I ask because I think often it's something that a lot of people don't, um, start to learn about until they do have something wrong right? or they, they have a scare or someone, in their family has a scare and then they think, Oh man, maybe I need, I need to start thinking about right. healthy living. Right. Um, so I just wonder if that was, if that was kind of a journey for you. Yeah. And way. I think as you get older too, you, you know, you start to appreciate more, you know, that it's a gift every day to wake up in a healthy body that can move and do all the things that we ask of it to do. So we better treat this vessel that we've been given as a gift with, you know, the utmost of importance and dedication to its longevity. Um, We've talked a little bit about how what you do changes kids' lives, and I'll I'll talk about it later. But how has making this decision to welcome, you know, all of these children into your space changed your life? um, Well, you know, I don't want to sound cliche, but um, to wake up in the morning and know that I have, you know, upwards of 20 mamas and their babies coming to spend the morning with me on every Monday morning, that changes even your weekend, you know, and, and then, um, to work for the rest of the day and preparing and getting ready for three to six year olds to come in their little jammies ready for a snack and a story and a little bit of yoga right up to, um, having my tween teen girls come for their smoothie and their, and their empowering, you know, radiant girls night. 
So wanting to go to work every day, that's pretty marvelous to feel that way. And, um, you know, when people say the saying, you know, find something that you love and then learn how to get paid to do that, it, it always feels a little bit odd to me, that saying, um, because we can't always do that. I didn't always have that in my life, but we have to look at what's happening in our life and hopefully have the support system around you and the drive um, to want to want to find that as much as you can. But yeah, there's parts of every job that are, you know, that are not your favorite. Doing taxes is... It's not my favorite. Bookkeeping is not my favorite. But we have to do all that because this is my career. This is my job, and that's important. But I have been really, really fortunate to change what I do in terms of making a living to make it fit for our family. So when my children, were, when our children were young, we wanted for me to be home with them so as much as possible. And so we designed our, we designed our life around that. And we made sacrifices around that, but then we had so many benefits. And um, now that our house is, is empty of little ones for a while, uh, I, you know, we chose to fill it with, with all of that that brings us love and joy. And, and then it just makes the whole feeling of our house different, I think. Um, I want to stress in this question that what teachers do is like unfathomable to me that people can spend all day confined in a classroom with kids and teach them. And like, they're so welcome in our lives. But what I, I think my question for you though, is do you find that there are things uh, parts of what you do now that are things you wished you could have done as it offered as a teacher or like do you have more of a freedom to blow past curriculum perhaps to in the in the work you're doing with kids now as opposed to when you were a, a teacher with a board and a and a union and all that kind of stuff absolutely the beautiful thing is I get to develop my own curriculum so what I feel is important when I was uh, teaching in a with a school board of course, I was told that 90 minutes of my day was needing to be focused on language development and 60 minutes was, was based on math. And with 20 to 25 or even up to 30 children in a kindergarten classroom, not every one of those children needed 90 minutes of language and 60 minutes of math. And so right now, with a small group of children that I'm working with, I get to know them and I, I get to decide. So this little body and heart and soul needs my time focused on stillness as much as possible or or needs to develop tools for self-regulation so that they can be successful in, in the classroom and that they can be um, calm and focused. You know, at, I mean, even as adults, when we're calm and focused and balanced and centered, we do things better. And so how do we expect these little people to be rushed every morning and and this is just the way that life is so you know mom and dad are heading off to work and and they're being rushed and and they need to grab their food and there's and and you know all of these they're listening to the news and the car on the way and there's something scary on the news you know they get to school maybe they've forgotten something important at home and then um, their best friend might not be there and they're outside and they forgot their mittens I mean all of this is happening inside their little brains before they need to come into a classroom get undressed sit down and listen to a teacher and learn. So if we can provide those children and I can decide, you know, what my, my curriculum is going to be, that we're going to focus right now on on just developing those tools to calm down my brain, to breathe, to become centered and focused so that I can do what I need to do. But more importantly, I can do it and be happy while, while I'm doing that, not to be fighting what's happening inside my brain. And so I, I'm so blessed to develop my own curriculum. And I'm very lucky that a lot of the school boards and schools <clears throat> and preschool centers are honoring that curriculum that I'm developing and noticing that that can be also helpful for their students. 
And then when their teachers are participating with that program as well, I mean, a calm, focused, centered, balanced teacher that has had a chance with their students to breathe and to stretch and to move um, is going to be better, better at the job that they need to do as well. Absolutely. Well, and I think, um, especially for those kids who aren't in school yet, and I happen to have a kid who's a January baby, so she's going to be out of the school system for a long time, right? And and what I so appreciate about what you do is that right from the very beginning, we're like, you know, you're a new mom, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, you have You rarely take a minute just to like sit in silence and quiet because you feel like you have to constantly be entertaining and doing something and um, to be able to come somewhere where, you know, someone's really thought about the, you know, the curriculum of the mm-hmm. class and what, what, you know, at what stage in your child's life you need to start thinking about different kinds of development, but also to come somewhere where it's so non-judgmental is so special. Like, you know, and I've been to mom and baby groups and all sorts of things where you almost, sometimes it's, it's easy to feel uncomfortable Um, like, oh, my kid doesn't do that. And that kid does that. And like, you just kind of spend the whole time doing this comparison game where when we come here, it's very much like no judgment. You know, if one kid's not having a good day and they kind of like usurp a lot of the class attention, we're all, you know, we all just kind of like send love that way. And that's how it works. Like, uh, and, and I think that's largely due to the atmosphere that you've built around your business, which I think is such a wonderful tribute to the kids who come here. I'm so happy that you noticed that because every child for that mom that says, oh, I I really want my three-year-old to come when they calm down, I'll say, please, please send them. And and because every child on any given day is going to get something out of a class. Maybe they haven't sat still with mom and practiced their breathing that day. Maybe they decided not to do downward dog when we were barking and, you know, doing whatever we were doing, Um, but they are listening they're watching and in their own place they're absorbing what we're doing and what they can take in in that in that day and maybe the next week will be the week that that child will be able to you know um, find their downward dog or or find their candle breath or whatever it is that we are working on in that day so always always a child is absorbing what they're ready to absorb yeah in our programs well I feel like it's taught me a great lesson because I feel like the 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 muscle that gets flexed a lot is you want your kid to be the kid who sits and the kid who listens and the kid who follows. And I mean, I have a child who does that sometimes, yes. which is nice. Um, but I can see, I mean, I can see on the days where like I come and she's just like not going to pay attention and she's not going to listen and she's going to touch everything that it's, it's forced me to have this um, new muscle where I, I try to just, you know, something that you say like this is what she needs today yeah right where I try to understand it's it's also taught me a lot about how to communicate with her and how to just understand when she needs something and she doesn't need me to constantly being like do this and do that and do Mm -hmm. this and do that right because we spend an hour every week where I have to kind of sit back and let her be independent and let her do what she wants to do with some you know with some direction well that's why that's what some of my most favorite classes are when families are here together because they get to watch and they get to see that as well right and 
your child is not going to always be that child that's going to be the one that's sitting. Every, and every child's different, so we need to honor that child. Still provide expectations, but you know, on those days when Audie wants to open up the basket with the toys in it, she's still watching that there's someone else. Someone else is sitting with their mom in this moment. So she might not be ready, but she's watching. She's thinking, oh, we can positively reinforce that, and then maybe next time she'll make that decision. But I really believe in providing kids with autonomy, the opportunity to develop their autonomy, make their choices, uh, given the expectations that there's going to be times when they're not going to be able to make every decision based on what they want to do. Uh, So your business to me is pretty dreamy. And we talk about accounting and bookkeeping and not wanting to do that stuff. What's when is it really hard? Like what's a bad day for you? Hmm. So a bad day would be maybe um, when I think about how needed the business is, to be honest. So if I'm in a school and and I've worked with, um, you know, maybe I've taught eight lessons in a school in a day from kindergarten right up to grade, uh, right up to grade eight. And when I'm, you know, in a school, maybe for only one day, uh, if I'm lucky, maybe five days, um, you know, following a series and, and in a five day series or a 10 day series in a perfect world, I I get to see a student five to 10 times the first day, you know, especially for our teenagers, our tweens, they need to get those sillies out because this is something that they're really not comfortable with. And they may not feel that they're going to excel at it. So it's really hard for them to take a risk. And, and yet in the same classroom, I might have some kids that have done some yoga before, and they are so excited to be there. So I'm, I'm, weighing out, you know, that's a lot of different bodies, a lot of different personalities, lots going on hormonally. So that would be not a good day when I leave, when, when those students would leave after 40 minute lesson. And I think, man, I had one chance and I'm not sure that I reached all of them. So I need to be realistic with myself as to what I can do. Uh, the same side could be a kindergarten classroom where there are up towards 30 children in a class and there might be three or four students who, um, are on special programs. They have um, assistants and EAs and people support people with them, and they are not asked or expected to to sit in a circle in a gymnasium. That's not their space, so that can be challenging. So again, it's more so just a feeling of I wish that we had um, people that do what I do in a school almost full time, so that there was a place a child is having. Uh, a really challenging moment. And wouldn't that be amazing if they could come to a space where I or someone else was there just to hold space for them to to walk them through some of these tools that I can teach, but in a one-off, how many, you know, how much of that is going to be absorbed. So that would probably be my frustration with, I know that this can be successful for our children and we have lots of work to do in mainstream that people will begin to understand the value and in our school systems funding lack of funding provides big challenges and frustrations for me um, because you know we're putting our funding into developing a new math curriculum but our children are not ready to sit down and learn math if if they don't have these tools of self-regulation and know how how to quieten their mind so that they're ready to learn those skills. If someone's listening to this and they don't live in your area where they can come to Bavitry, what are, what would be your message to parents about like, what are some things that they can do with their kids or, or some, you know, some activities or different things they can do with their kids to try and 
and uh, connect the message that you're sending to the kids who are physically here mm -hmm. elsewhere? Like, what, what do you want parents to know? Well, I want parents to know that they need to take care of themselves. <laughs> so for, uh, for parents to understand and to just try to see if they can benefit from a personal yoga practice, first of all, to learn about mindfulness, to, to reach out. There's so many great resources um, available online. Lots of cities now are starting to offer children's yoga um, classes, which is amazing wonderful, um, involving kids as much as you can in every aspect of food preparation. You know, we don't all have the opportunity to have a garden in our backyard, but we could have a tomato plant on a pot on a balcony that your children are responsible for. And I promise you, they'll eat, they'll eat them when they grow them. And, um, uh, and then, yeah, finding that, that place of, of being well as a parent is going to, um, allow you to be more present for your children. Um, we could do another whole podcast on screens and yeah. families' use of screens. Uh, I feel very passionate about um, parents uh, learning and understanding the effect that screens are having on our, our young children's brains and how our own time on screens is impacting our time as a family yeah, this isn't new. I mean, it's slowing down. So I, when I started six years ago, my husband would laugh and just say, he would come home and I might be making bread in the kitchen with, you know, and we're kneading bread or making our, and he said, this is kind of like what housewives in the 50s did with their children. And it's what moms right now don't have time to do with their kids. So I'm offering an opportunity for families that might feel really bad that they're ordering a pizza. <laughs> Instead of making a pizza, it's like, come here, we'll make it, we'll, we'll make it. And, and I'll, you know, we'll give those kids the opportunity to get their hands in no dough and kneading their dough and, you know, grating their cheese, whatever it is, because our families, I, I know I raised three children that were busy. We were a busy family. And if I could go back and do anything differently, I wish we would have slowed down. I wish that I would have had more mindfulness in my life then, um, that I would have just grabbed hold of every moment sitting with a child in my lap, my, one of my girls in my lap reading a story, not feeling like I, I should, you know, rush this page because yeah. I've got lunges to make and I, I need, you know, we've got all this that we need to do. Finding a way in our lives to slow, slow down and just appreciate those moments because they're fleeting. And every day that we live, we wake up is a day that we're only going to get to live one time. So it's let's true. make the most of it. It's easy to get busy and forget it that. It is. And I, I get it. I'm not here saying that, you know, we need to, I, I know that it takes more time to have a child prepare dinner with you or for a child to stand at the sink and do dishes with you afterwards. But those moments are pretty golden. So we need to That's appreciate true. them when we can. Let's talk about, so looking at your career, teaching, being home with your kids, <laughs> Um, you know, having started wanting to be a pediatrician, like just surrounding yourself with children. If you had advice for someone who is in the same boat where they are either, you know, going through schooling and they want to spend, they want to do something with children and their development, or they're looking at changing careers, or they want to stay home with their kids as their job, what's, what would be your best advice for, for someone who's trying to figure out what they want to be when they grow up? Not everyone, not everyone knows. I had two daughters that knew from when they were young what they wanted to do and off they marched and got it done. And then I had one, uh, one of my beautiful girls didn't know. And that was really hard for her to watch her sisters just have this passion and drive and just go ahead and get it done. So, you know, we had to allow her the space 
to find out what it was going to be that she was passionate about. You know, watching that happen and watching young people struggle or watching someone get to this stage in their life that I am at 58 and say, all right, so what, you know, this is my third act. I kind of think of this as my third act and I'm really, really grateful that I that I get to have a third act in terms of a career and that each act has built on skills to allow me to be here in this space. So what I would have said, what I said to those people that are in my life that I love is that, can you think back to what you feel most passionate about? So at any age, as a child, if you were to answer the question as a child, something that I was really passionate about, and it could be helping people, you know, it could be... Just even anything that you connected with. It doesn't have to be even something that you're really good at. So was there a sport or an activity or as a child and as a teenager, what floated your boat? That might not be what you can develop a career on. Maybe it can if you're really, really lucky. Um, But maybe that's just what's going to bring you joy in your life so that you feel some peace as you decide how you're going to move forward. Um, And then what is the smallest step that you could take? Because it doesn't have to be this big leap uh, for a career change or for this realization like, oh, man, (laughs) now I've just, I've arrived and I'm ready to start my career. But guess what? It's not what I wanted. Or here I am, you know, at 20 years old and everyone around me has made a decision because we're asking young people like at the beginning of high school, that can be really stressful and it can kind of immobilize some of our young people think I don't know what it is I want to do how am I supposed to make these decisions so keeping your options open as much as much as you can and you know I I live by there's a quote by Julia Child find something that you're really passionate about and then find a way to stay interested to stay really really interested in that for her it was cooking so really not allowing what you're really interested in um, to go by the by because you're feeling like this is my path and I need to stay on this path trying to connect with at the earliest memory, your earliest thoughts of what would you really like to do that would make you happy? You know what? It's a great point too, because one thing that I've found interviewing people and starting with, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Even those that I've talked to who um, didn't end up being the thing they thought they would be when they were a child or a teen. If you really look at it, it all cycles back. Like, you know, we talk about Chris, the clown that I that I interviewed on the podcast. And he said when he was young and he wanted to be a police officer or a firefighter was kind of the cool yeah. thing to do. And, you know, there's nothing further from police officer to clown, yeah. right? But what he's doing is still the thing that that child who wanted to be a police officer and a or a firefighter is doing is that he's helping people... Um, out of bad situations. He's helping to make people smile. He's helping to, you know, turn people in a different direction. And that that connects. Like that little mm-hmm. child's heart who wanted to be a firefighter, he as a clown is is achieving that same thing. And I think, I mean, this is my soapbox I always stand on with the podcast, but I call this grown up and I ask people what they wanted to be when they were a kid. But actually my whole point is that I don't think we should be asking kids what they want to be when they're a kid. We should be asking them what contribution they want to make. How can you make a difference? Because it's almost a veiled way when kids come out with stuff, you know, whatever it is that they say they want to be when they grow up, you know, my 13 year old neighbor, she's in grade eight and her teacher led them in a discussion of what do you want to be when you grow up? And she said, OBGYN. And I said, (laughs) she couldn't even, she couldn't pronounce obstetrician. And I said, Why? And she said, well, I just, I just want to help kids. 
And, you know, her mom is my daycare provider. Her mom worked at, you know, her grandma worked at a daycare before that. I'm not surprised that she's the kid who wants to help kids. And so even if she doesn't become an OBGYN, the contribution behind what she picked when her teacher asked her, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same contribution she ends up at. And guess what? Some of us want our pleasers. So even as a young child, when someone asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I knew I wanted to work with kids or even as a high school student. But when I said pediatrician, it's like, oh, that gets a little bit of, right. you know, recognition after me. Oh, that's Absolutely. what people want to hear. So oh, I'm going to keep saying that until yeah. the point where it's like, well, that, that's not going to be part of my reality because there's limitations to our situation, to whatever. Yeah. So, and, and I think that when we ask people, what is it that you want to do with your career? It can be very immobilizing, I, I guess. I, I don't know if that's the word. As a child, you can ask kids what they want to be when they grow up. And some of them will answer you. A lot of them will answer you just what they think is cool. And But some kids are going to say, I don't know. Or some, you know, school-age kids will say, I'm, I don't know yet. And it's okay for them to say that. But what about if we say that to a 17-year-old? What is it that you want to be? They don't feel that it's okay to say, to not know. I don't know yet. Because of this pressure that we have, that they have to live up to some expectation because they know they want to have the right answer and it's really hard for those kids to to not know and to be able to say and it should be okay for them to say I don't know yet working on that and then and then to seek out assistance for that it should be okay for our young people to say I don't know yet and for us to empower them to say for sure good for you for not just coming up with an answer and just moving you know, racing forward to that goal that maybe you might not really have landed on. And so give yourself time, take a tiny little step towards whatever you think, but it doesn't have to be this huge leap. Mm -hmm. Through all of what you've done, if you look back and you think about what you do now, what's the contribution that you're hoping you're making to the world? No matter, you know, whether you're in a grocery store or you're with kids in the basement in a yoga class, what's What's kind of your heart work? So I would say it would be that um, that each child that I touch through a smile or a word or an hour lesson or a series of classes feels worthy and loved and honored and important. And I just so believe that when we when we can look a child into their eyes and and give them the time and the space to really trust you and feel that you mean it when you say you're important, you're amazing, you're worthy because you were born and because you get to walk, I get to walk on, I'm honored to walk on this planet with you, alongside of you, that then they're going to have the power um, and feel good about themselves and have the tools that they need to go out and make that contribution into the world. And yeah, I, I just hope that each child feels... Um, feels their importance when they're with me that they know they're honored that's so beautiful Mm, thank you I think they feel that way I I, hope so I hope so I can't imagine them not feeling well thank you I mean we're not all perfect we have our frustrating moments but hopefully when they leave this space they take with them that full heart to get them through the rest of their day well I'll tell you I have a two-year-old who remembers Mm. what Mondays are so that's that's, I think, a testament to the work that you're doing. And as do I. Favorite morning of the week. So, Well, listen, I have so much gratitude for you and the work that you do. And I hope that 
you know, maybe this can even inspire people to do work like you do or incorporate it into something that they're doing with children as well or the teaching that they're um, doing every day. And, and I think the world would be such a great place with a bunch of clones of you. So yes, thank you. My, I will tell you that I, I leave now after our, our interview, I feel like my cup is full. So oh, my heart is full. So I'm thank so you glad. for that. Well, thank, thank you, you for, for doing my day. All right. Up is created, recorded, and edited by me, Avery Moore Class. My company is Folktale Studio. Portions of this episode were recorded at one of my happy places, the Switch Podcast Studio at Wilfrid Laurier University in downtown Brantford, Ontario. To keep up to date on what's coming next, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at GrownUpPod or on my personal accounts at Avery Moore Kloss. That's like floss with a K. I like to interview regular people who do interesting work. So drop me a name or a profession that you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Namaste. Namaste.